0: and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. You know, most everything you buy these days has a label on it. My bottled water that I'm drinking has a label on it. Some stuff I have to keep my mouth from getting dry when I talk has a label on it. That's fine. We want to know what products are good for, what they're not supposed to be used for. We want to know, like with medicine, the side effects, the good things and the bad things that can happen. But labeling people is another story. Labeling God is another story. Today, we're going to talk about the very best and most important label of all, and we're going to talk about what I consider to be the worst and most destructive label of all that has a whole lot of bad side effects. So first, we'll talk about the good news of the true label, and you're going to find out it's so good that when you really comprehend it, you'll find yourself laughing out loud And we're going to learn about the harmful destruction that comes from false labels that cause the opposite reaction. All right, human labels come from the fictitious curse that we people came up with in our imaginations. Now, that started back with Adam and Eve in the garden. They partook of the tree of the human concept of good and evil instead of going to the tree of life, which is Christ, which is all good and there is no evil. Prior to this, with Adam and Eve, there had been no judgment, no labeling, no evil, only good, only oneness, only them and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, then they partook of that tree. And immediately, they started labeling things as bad and evil. (laughs) It it was just a, a, a complete and total opposite from where they had been. And they started with labeling God. God's mad. God's judgmental. God's vindictive. God's punitive. God's separate. And then they started labeling each other. See, all of that's not, none of that's true. It's all falsely labels. You know, Adam labeled that woman that you gave me. Mankind gave themselves labels that they thought God had for them. And they literally came up with those in their minds. They came up with labels to describe themselves as sinners, despicable, separate, unworthy, unclean, impure, excluded, depraved, heathen, pagan, Unholy, not right, backslider, and the worst of all, the label that people are destined for eternal conscious torment by a God that's not good. Yesterday, I got to spend some time with a dearly loved relative who's 104 years old, and she's in her last days, and she's not thinking as she had before But in the time we had together, I, of course, wanted to assure her of my love and assure her of God's love for her. But she kept saying, I don't see how God can love me because I'm bad, bad, bad. Well, she's not. (laughs) She's anything but bad. Well, Those are labels that we give ourselves that we think God gives us, but they're not true. They're false labels. After we started labeling God and ourselves, then, of course, we started labeling all other people with all the same bad things about ourselves, only worse, like, well, I know I'm not always a good person, but I'm not as bad as they are. See, none of that's true. Cain thought God was more pleased with Abel than God was with Cain. So he killed his brother. (laughs) See how this labeling stuff plays out in nasty ways? People believed the lies that their enemies were also God's enemies. And if they just did enough to please their God, whoever it was, the sun God or the frog God or the moon God or whatever, if they just did enough to please their God, including the Hebrew God, then that God would kill or at least punish their enemies and make them their slaves. Religious people still believe that. Even today, When bad things happen to people, many people believe the lie that it's God that's punishing them. Or when bad things happen to other people, they believe the lie is God is punishing the other people. And they label God as the vindictive punisher. We have all kinds of labels today. Racial labels, ethnic labels, financial, social, appearance, intellect, education, politics, religion. One of the worst political labelings, in my opinion, is non-essential. How does that make you feel when your government, your leaders, people you voted for, label you as non-essential? You know, it can seem harmless at first. I didn't think about it much at first when government said only non-essential workers can go to work. In a pandemic, it, it seems harmless at first, but it can rapidly take on a Nazi-Hitler type of course, where whole nationalities and religious groups become so non-essential that governments decide who's essential and who's not, and they even eradicate whole races of people or types of people that they've labeled as non-essential. Today, in our country, and unfortunately many countries around the world, unwanted babies— are labeled non-essential. Do away with it. So much so that in China, they had a government mandate that families could only have one child. Any more than one, they were non-essential and needed to be killed. In the past, our own government, unfortunately, did medical experiments with minorities, people of color, people with mental disabilities, physical disabilities, who were labeled non-essential essential, less than, not significant, not worthy. They were just statistics that were used in clinical trials, in medical trials, and different things to see what drugs or what things might work with human beings and what might not. They were expendable, not essential. Now, once you know Jesus, and who Jesus is, and how he's exactly like God, he's all good, you can't picture Jesus endorsing anything like that. He never, ever labeled anyone as non-essential, not significant, not worthy. Today, many state, local, and national officials, some elected and some not, have said that liquor stores and marijuana stores and abortion clinics are essential, significant, worthy. but not houses of worship, not churches, mosques, synagogues, not prayer meetings, not recovery groups like AA. They've been labeled non-essential. Well, thankfully, a couple of days ago, that changed, and churches and houses of worship now, in most states anyway, are labeled essential. Now, that doesn't mean that churches have a license to steal. It, it, <laughs> I won't go into that. But it, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be wise. Like our churches uh, here in Lawrence, Kansas, is starting to resume meeting together, but we're going to do it outside. We're doing it, you know, uh, in lawn chairs or even people staying in their cars six feet apart. Some people will wear masks, uh, some won't. We're not going to have prepared communion that... De- people share and that kind of stuff they're going to bring their own you know we're not going to pass an offering plate people can who want to support the ministry can do it online as most people do or put money in a basket so obviously we want to be careful about those things but we certainly don't want to think or be told or believe that we're not essential Just like workers in all other business, whether it's grocery stores or whether it's furniture stores or car dealerships or construction companies or whatever, shoe stores, whatever, everybody is essential. All right. Now we're seeing the tragic results of the large increase in suicides and drug overdoses and alcohol abuse and domestic violence and mental illness, at least in part, from labeling people as non-essential and told they have to stay inside, and in labeling helpful groups and places, such as houses of worship, AA groups, and things like that, as is non-essential. Unfortunately, religious people themselves can be the worst in labeling, and they've come up with the worst label of all. Religious labels include in and out, saved and unsaved, Christian and pagan and Muslim and infidel and progressive and conservative and included and excluded and right belief, wrong belief, baptized incorrectly, baptized correctly, according to them, right, wrong, the only true church with all others being labeled as not the true church or false church. This past week, a nationally prominent pastor, leader of a mega church, came out and said, on TV in an interview that certain people who did certain actions should burn in hell and he said i think they will that my friends is the most despicable hurtful false relationship false label that's ever been concocted now this man's not a bad man he just doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't yet know the truth. My friend Steve McVeigh has a story about a guy who it was close to Christmas time. This guy was down on his luck. I mean you can think about the uh, Jimmy Stewart movie at Christmas time, but this guy was kind of like that. He was suicidal. He was gonna he decided he was gonna jump off a bridge into an icy river and he would be drowned the day before Christmas. So he goes out to the bridge. He gets off the road. He gets down on the part, and he's about ready to jump. And this religious guy is driving by in his car, and he sees him. And he stops the car, and he gets out, and he runs over as close as he could get. He, he did not want to scare the guy the going. And he says, hey, don't do it. God loves you. And the suicidal guy says, I got nothing to live for. You do, but not a guy like me. God doesn't love me. And the religious guy said, yes, he does. And he, he tries to help them see that they, they have commonality, that they both have a lot to live for. So the religious guy said, well, do you believe in God? The guy said, yeah. The religious guy said, me too, man. We got a lot to live for. He said, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. Well, me too. See, you and I both have a lot to live for. He said, are you Protestant or Catholic? No, I'm Protestant. And he says, me too. See, we got a lot to live for. He said, are you conservative or liberal? And a suicidal guy said, conservative. And the other guy said, me too, man. You got a lot to live for. He said, are you Baptist or Pentecostal? The guy says, Baptist. The guy says, me too. Man, we got a lot to live for. He said, are you independent Baptist or Southern Baptist? And the guy said, independent Baptist. The guy said, me too, man. We got a lot to live for. He said, are you the association of independent Baptists of Kentucky or of Mississippi? And he said, Kentucky. And then both started smiling, and the guy said, Man, me too. We, we got a lot to live for. He said, Are you of the in the Association of Independent Baptists of Kentucky General Conference of 1923 or 1931? The guy says, 1923. And the religious guy says, Die and go to hell, you heretic blasphemer. One false label, and you're non essential. You're not significant. You're not worthy. You are destined and doomed and deserve to experience eternal conscience torment from God. That's the worst label ever conceived by mankind. All of that kind of stuff comes from the tree of the human concept of good and evil. None of that stuff was there before Adam and Eve started deciding in their own mind— who to label and what to label as right and wrong, good and evil. All right. Does God label? What do you think? Of course he labels, but only and ever good. God only labels us as good. Now, you might say, well, but what about sin? I mean, doesn't God label people as sinners? No. No, Jesus took away the sin of the world. God holds us as far as the east is from the west. God chooses to never bring up our sin again. God the Father was in Christ Jesus at the cross, reconciling all humanity, everything to himself, not counting anybody's sins against them. He chooses not to bring it up. It's a non-issue with him. God doesn't label anybody as a sinner, period. <laughs> But God does have good labels for us. 2 Corinthians 5, I'm going to read the mirror version here. This this is, is wonderful. Apostle Paul says, the love of Christ resonates within us and leaves us with only one conclusion. The conclusion that Jesus died all of humanity's death. Therefore, in God's logic, every individual simultaneously died. He said, only the love of Christ can make a calculation of such enormous proportion. Verse 15. Now, since all were included in Christ's death, they were all equally included in his resurrection. This unveiling of God's love redefines human life. That's you and everybody else. He says, whatever reference or whatever label we could have of ourselves outside of our association with Christ is no longer relevant. Verse 16. I can just see him smiling, going, yeah, yeah. He says, this is radical and our most defining moment. Now listen to this. He says, no label that could ever possibly previously identify someone carries any further significant, no label. He said, even our pet doctrines of Christ are redefined. Whatever we thought about him historically or sentimentally is challenged by this conclusion. He says, by discovering Christ from God's point of view, we discover ourselves and every other human from God's point of view. And then Francois de Toit, the, the translator, says, Paul sees by revelation that what Jesus redeemed in every person brings absolute closure and death to any other reasoning and judgment we may have had of ourselves or anyone else for that matter. He says, this is our metanoia moment, our changing our mind from believing lies to believing the truth. He said, from now, and now this is what the Apostle Paul says, from now on, Therefore, we no longer know or label or judge or evaluate anyone according to the flesh, even though we once knew Christ from a human and religious point of view. He says, whoever a person was is a Jew, a Greek, a slave, or a free man. And Francois from South Africa puts Boer, Zulu, Coast, Coast British, Indian, Muslim, American, Chinese, Japanese, Congolese. That's all dead and gone. Those labels are all gone. They all died when Jesus died. Now, the Apostle Peter, who I can relate to, uh, is a slow learner. Peter didn't grasp that when he was with Jesus 24 7. He didn't grasp that fully until after Jesus had died and gone to heaven a few years later, until one day, Papa love, Jesus love, and Holy Spirit love spoke to him while he was on a rooftop praying waiting to to eat lunch somebody was preparing. He was hungry, and the Trinity dropped down this big sheet from heaven, like that would cover, big enough to cover a whole house. And in it were all manner of things that Peter and the Jews considered unclean, all kinds of birds and animals and reptiles and things that were fish and stuff that they uh, thought were unclean. And they said, Peter, kill them and eat them. And Peter said, no, Lord, not a good thing to say. He says, no, Lord, they are unclean. I would never eat anything unclean. And God said to him, Peter, don't label something unclean that I have labeled clean. Now, the next day, he showed him the real meaning of that vision. It was to not label any human being unclean that God labels clean. And God labels all people clean. Jesus demonstrated that in spades with the people that he hung out with. All right. Paul wrote this to the church in Galatia, chapter 3, verse 28. He says, we no longer see each other in our former state, Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we're all one through our union with Christ Jesus, with no distinction between us. Then Paul wrote to the church in Colossians, Colossians 3.11. He says, there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. At that time, barbarians and Scythians were considered to be the most savage, most ungodly, most heathen pagans in the entire world, according to religious people. But he says, no, Christ is in them. He's in all of them. <laughs> the mirror translation says it this way. The revelation of Christ in us gives us true identity gives true identity to the individual beyond anything anyone could ever be as a Greek or Jew, American or African, foreigner or famous, male or female, king or pawn. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is labeled and represented in Christ. Here's God's label. It's in Christ, in Christ. That's how God labels us. And everyone, contrary to what destructive religion says, everyone is in Christ, and we always have been. Grace to all, the name of this podcast. We are all in Christ, not just you and me, not just the people who go to our church or belong to our group. Everyone is in Christ, and Christ is in everyone. As Christ is in the world, so are we. Christ is in all and for all and through all. So are we. The all-inclusive label in Christ has many sub-labels, characteristics that are all good. Just a few include one with God, saved, which means to be made whole, perfect, pure, purified, clean, good, loved, holy, glorified. We have Christ's glory. Righteous. We're right with God, justified. Children of God, without fault, heirs of God, significant worthy, important, valuable, God's most valuable asset, treasured, champions, and essential. That's the good news of the truest label of all. Does God have any bad, less than good labels for us? Can we say, well, yeah, all that's true, but no, there's no but. God has no bad labels for us. God doesn't It's it's not a scale of things either. God never has a thought or indicates that anybody is non-essential, not significant, not worthy. A thousand times, no. Unfortunately, we've been taught by religion, oh, I'm so bad, I'm not worthy. No. Those are all lies from a false and darkened mindset, people not knowing what they're doing when they come up with that. Well, what does Jesus say and think about us when we act out? Does he have a not good label for us when we do things or think things that are maybe destructive? What we do at times, our actions can be non-essential, even destructive to ourselves and others. But Jesus never labels us. Here's what he says. Father, forgive them. They simply don't know what they're doing. And then he works it all out for the good. We don't know what we're doing. He's revealing to us more and more and showing us more and more every day how he's better than we thought the day before. But when we don't know what we're doing and we act out, the result is we miss the mark of knowing and believing how good God is, how God loves everybody unconditionally, how God's grace covers us all, how we're included, how God is everyone's father, how we're all one with them now and we're all in Christ. He just simply states the truth. We don't know what we're doing now. None of us grabs that truth totally because it's higher and longer and wider and deeper and more expansive than the human mind can ever comprehend. It surpasses all human understanding. People have incorrectly taken a word out of context, a phrase out of context, and said, well, you know, God is love, but, 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 and uh, they justify that by saying his ways are higher than ours. No, in the passage in Isaiah, in context, it's all about grace. And when it talks about God's thoughts and ways being higher than ours, it means they are infinitely better than ours. They're higher and wider and deeper and longer, better than we can even comprehend, Now, I want to leave you all with something today that I believe will help you remember God's overall label of you and everyone, God's label of love, L-O-L, label of love. God delights over us. He rejoices and dances over us. When he thinks about us, which is always, he, Papa Love, Jesus Love, and Holy Spirit, burst into laughter, a good kind of laughter, not derisive, not like it's a joke, but ecstatic and joyous about how good it is, how good we are. And that's because they know the end of the story and the beginning of the story. They know who we've always been and who we always will be. Nay, though, the end of the story. They're working out all things for the good right now, the restoration of our original Genesis. This past week, when I'm recording this, I watched on our local Kansas City TV replays of the 2015 World Series games. They had one game on every night. Now, because I'm a baseball fan and a Royals fan, and because I watched every single one of those games and watched the tape of them over and over, I knew we won, of course. I knew we were world champs in 2015. I knew about Johnny Cueto's complete game two-hitter, the first in in years. I knew about Salvi's MVP performance. I knew about how the bullpen came through every night. I knew about Hosmer's mad dash home that tied The last game, we'd been behind 2 to nothing, tied it in the bottom of the ninth inning, and how we went on and had that five-run rally in the 12th inning to become world champions. I knew that we were champions, that in the baseball world, we were most significant, most worthy. So when I watched those games, I could smile and laugh all the way through. Even when we made an error, I thought we got a bad call, or somebody struck out or made a bad play. I could just laugh out loud, LOL. See, whenever you see LOL, here's here's the hook I want for you today. Whenever you see LOL in a text or an email or on social media, use that as an opportunity to think God's label of love for you and everyone. Then when you're tempted to label God falsely, Instead, LOL, just laugh out loud. Go, no, that's not true. Remember the label of love. When you're tempted to label yourself falsely, just laugh out loud. Remember the label of love. When you're tempted to label other people falsely, just go, no, laugh out loud. Remember the label of love. Remember, in God's economy, which is reality, the true economy, we are all essential. We're all forgiven we're all significant, we're all worthy, we're all loved unconditionally, we're all included, we're all everything because of God's grace, we're all accepted. God only labels people as in Christ, as good, essential, forgiven, significant, worthy, loved, included, accepted. And he wants us to take that label for ourselves, What? how he labels us, And take it for everybody else that we're ever in contact with. Folks, that's a better way to live. That's the abundant life that Jesus came to have for us. So, LOL. Laugh out loud because of God's unconditional goodness and never-ending, never-failing goodness and love for you, for me, and for everybody. Thanks for watching, everybody. See you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.